0: The 19th century novelist and essayist who wrote Treasure Island and the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Robert Louis Stevenson was his name. Stevenson was intrigued as a young boy by the work of Lamp, Lighters, lamp lighters, who before the days of electricity went about with a ladder and a torch, setting the streets ablaze with light in Edinburgh, Scotland. In his fascination, in his childish, childlike fascination. He ran into the house to exclaim to his parents, there's a man out there punching holes in the darkness. Jesus came into the world and accomplished many great and marvelous wonders, yet his primary purpose was to punch holes in the darkness. John chapter one, verse four and five says, in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. What is clear, brothers and sisters, from the teaching of this text is that true sight is ironically contingent on having true blindness. There is a blindness that is innate to fallen humanity that is necessary for Christian existence. It's blindness to the deception that distorts our human nature. It is blindness to the illusion that we can take care of ourselves. Those who think they can see are actually blind to their self-delusion. And this self-delusion imposes on them a deep and serious blindness for there is none so blind Has he who will not see? The medieval monastic Christian theologian John Cassian said that we tend to condemn in others what we refuse to see in ourselves. Somebody ought to help me preach here. We refuse, brothers and sisters. To see our own blindness so we look at the mote that is in our brother's eye and see not the beam that is in our own eye. Psychologically, what is repressed in us is projected onto other people. Walk with me around the text. There is in this pericope a sightless man. The man has been blind from the hour of his birth. Making the miracle even more remarkable, this man has never in his entire life from the womb been able to see. The disciples assume. The blindness of the man is the result of sin. That question regarding his congenital blindness is an exploration between the connection of sin and physical deformity. They are looking backwards to find a possible cause while Jesus would have them to look forward to a divine purpose the man's blindness hear me the man's blindness is not about personal punishment but about providential permission not all suffering is caused by sin but all sin causes suffering And there are times when God just allows calamity. God allows trials. God allows heartbreak. God allows situations and circumstances in our lives for no reason other than he wants to get glory. And there is no better witness than somebody who has been through it and come out on the other side of it not knowing why God let it happen not knowing what God's purpose was you just gave God's glory in the midst of it and now that you are on the other side of it come on devil bring your bring bring it bring it because what you have to go through next cannot be compared to what you've already been through before God will make a way I said God will make a way God will open a door God will turn it around for his glory and for your good that's why you ought not criticize anybody shout Because you don't know what they went through to holler the way they holler. You don't know what they're going through right now to make them praise God the way they praise God. Because I believe if you just keep on praising in the midst of your stuff, God will see you through. There ought to be some witnesses in this church this morning that I prayed and shouted and cried and walk the floor, but here I am this morning. And because I stood the test, I got a testimony. Uh, in this day, not, not, not only is the man blind but there are no social safety nets such as Medicaid. There's no social security. He does not have or qualify for Obamacare. The man is not only blind, but he's reduced to begging for his subsistence. I want to submit to you this morning, Lily Grove, that worse than being physically blind is to have eyes wide shut. That is the condition of five people groups that came in contact with this blind man. As blind as he is from birth, there are five groups of people in the text more blind than him. The first group is the disciples. They suffer from the blindness of spiritual ineptitude. The second group of blind folk is his neighbors. They were blinded by denying that he was the man that was blind. Psychologically, blindness, denial, that the blindness of denial is a defense mechanism. A coping tool that, that we use to reject the truth either about ourselves or somebody else we deny the fact that we need help by pretending like we don't need help your blood pressure is 890 over 600 and, and, and you're gonna get a pork chop when you leave here talking about I I, I know it ain't good for me but I'm going to take authority over it greater is he that is in me talk back to me if you can I know I need to lose weight but God made me he made me who I am I know I can't get in these clothes right now, but I'm gonna get in them sooner or later. Give them away, girl. Because as long as you are in denial, you'll never make any progress. The next group are the Pharisees. They suffered from the blindness of righteous indignation they were offended that Jesus had the temerity to heal on the Sabbath day even worse was the blindness of the man's own mother and father they suffered from the blindness of selfishness they feared that if they testified he was blind and now he could see they would lose their synagogue seats. And there are people at this church this morning, there are people listening to me on social media who are so concerned about their self-image and their self-esteem that they will do anything to make you believe that they are more than they really are. But there are some of us in here this morning who can admit, I don't care if you like me, I don't care if you don't like me, I don't care if you're on my side, if you're not on my side. I know I'm tore up from the floor. I know I'm a sinner and a wretch undone. I know that if the Lord took his hand off me right now, I'd be the biggest fool in Houston. I'm crazy with salvation. So imagine what I would be if I was lost. Have I got a witness here? I need some folk here who've sinned just this past week, but you're in church this morning because you need grace and mercy. He looked beyond my fault. The last group was the crowds around him. They suffered from the blindness of rejection. After his eyes were opened, the Bible says they sent him away. Now here's what I want you to see, Lily Grove. Sadly, sophomorically, no one of these groups that I just mentioned the disciples, the crowds, the neighbors, his mom and daddy, the Pharisees, not one group of these five acknowledged that a miracle had taken place. No one rejoiced. No one praised God for the man's ability to see. No one asked him what it felt like to be able to see his family, to see a flower, to see a sunrise, to see a sunset for the first time. Get this. They were so concerned about the method of his healing, that they missed the miracle of his healing. They were so concerned about, we've never seen that before, that they couldn't shout about what they just seen. And many of us are so caught up in tradition and culture that we can't see God moving in a mighty way. And so when God does a new thing, it does not awe us. It does not move us with thanksgiving and praise because we are waiting for God to do what God has always done and God wants to do a new thing to give you a new song to sing. Let me see if I can put it to you this way. You ought not still be shouting over what happened 20 years ago. God should have done something for you 20 days ago. Now, now, now keep, keep the 20 years in, in, in your coin purse uh, just in case you need it when you get down. But now God did something for you yesterday. Well, well let me shout. God has done something for me just yesterday. Is there anybody else here who got something this morning shouting you want to do? He woke me up this morning. He put food on my table he helped me to pay my bills he made a way out of nowhere he gave me joy when somebody walked out of my life that's that's the that's this man's situation um But I want you to see, secondly, a sovereign master. Note that the man has not expressed faith. Neither does he ask Jesus to heal him. His role is passive until he washes in the pool of Siloam. Listen to me. Jesus' healing of the blind man. This, this. I'm trying to hold myself down because, because this is a this is the real shouting point. Jesus' healing of the blind man is creative rather than restorative. Come on, ask me why. Ask me. Come on, come on, come on. The man blind from birth, never enjoyed sight that needed to be restored. So instead of Jesus giving him something he had that he lost, Jesus creates something that he never had before. And in so doing, Jesus reveals himself as God, very God. Because Jesus in this miracle creates ex nihilo. That word ex nihilo is Latin for from nothing. just like God created from nothing. Um, The man doesn't ask to be healed. We don't know anything about his faith. We don't know what deacon family ministry he was in. We don't know if he went to church. We don't know anything about his life. We don't know anything about his testimony. Jesus just comes by and feels like blessing somebody. And this morning, you might not even have a Bible. You might not even be able to quote any scriptures, but you're in the right place at the right time. and Jesus just might feel like blessing somebody. So why don't you say, "Even me, Lord? let some drops I wish I had somebody to help me preach it Lord I don't know what I came here for but since I'm here let some drops Mm. I need somebody to help me testify that you can get blessed just sitting in the right pew because not everybody came to worship. Not everybody came to give God glory. Some folk just came to spectate and look around and hook up and see who they could. but listen, there are some of us who come here because we need something. No, no, it's more than need. We got to have something. And so we come here because we woke up this morning with our minds on Jesus and if you sit around them kind of folk that kind of praise is contagious you find yourself clapping when you don't even feel like it. you find yourself crying and ain't nothing wrong with you you find yourself smiling and you ain't got nothing to laugh about you just around somebody who look like they feel like praising God you have my permission you have my permission if you're sitting in a dead spot you got my permission you're not going to insult me you're not going to stop me from preaching just get up and find you a section that look like they came to give God praise just, just find you a hot spot uh, uh, you, you know sometimes when you're When you drive it on 288 or 59, your call drops um, because there are no cell towers, and you you're in a dead spot. There's some dead spots at the church. Some people so mean and cantankerous. All they do is grumble and complain and gripe and murmur, and they don't like this and they can't stand that. Get out of that section. And find somebody who say i don 't care what you look like i don 't care what you got on if you 're going to sit by me it 's going to be some racket it 's going to be some noise, so you might want to go sit somewhere else because i 'm asking God to do something for me I need a miracle I need a breakthrough and when god brings me out You think I'm after the food this morning? Wait till God hears my prayer. Wait until God delivers my child. Wait until God heals my body He's a way maker. till the battle is over. Go ahead. Shout. Now. I'm trying to hurry here. Jesus performs write this down if you think you're going to forget it. Jesus performs a double miracle. In this particular instance, he performs a double miracle. Because, listen, not only is the man's eyes open, he can see. because it's very possible to have your eyes open and not see. The British, the British professor of neurology, Dr. Oliver Sacks says one must die as a blind person to be born again as a seeing person. This man's eyes came open, and I want you to get this. Neurologically, his brain could not have been able to absorb all the information flooding into his visual cortex from seeing for the first time could he know what a flower looked like if he never saw one how could he know that that was his mama if he'd never seen her face but when his eyes came open everything he needed to know he knew because his eyes were open and he could see ask the Lord this morning not just to open your eyes, but to let you see. And brothers and sisters, Jesus spit on the ground, made some mud, put it on his eyes, and said, go wash. Not in Mecham Fountain over there on Main Street. Go wash, not in the reflecting pool in Washington DC. Go wash, not in that shimmering pool at the post oak of Houston, but go where I tell you to go because your healing is tied to your obedience. he went to the pool of Siloam because the pool of Siloam the waters that's in that pool come down from the temple and collect in a pool that Isaiah calls Siloam which means sent one Jesus said go wash in the pool that the sent one sent you to. Now can you imagine? He's never seen before. He's got some spit mud on his eyes. It's 500 yards from the temple to the pool of Siloam. Can you imagine how many people laughed at him? from the temple to the pool and when God gets ready to bless your life he tells you to do something that to other people don't make sense and you know how many people laughed at you from your divorce to your deliverance you know how many folk talked about you from your job to the job God really wanted you to have You know how many people criticize you from when you were broke to now when you are able to pay everything you need to pay? If you had paid attention to those people, you never would have made it to the pool. But thank God you put blinders on, stop your ears up, and say, whatever God tells me to do, I don't care what you say. Here he is at the pool of Siloam, mud pies on his eyes. He washes them off and he comes back seeing. And then I'm trying, I'm I'm through, I'm finally, I'm I'm through. I can't say that but five times if I'm a Baptist (laughs) preacher. I'm, I'm really through this time. I want you to see this supernatural miracle when he receives his sight the neighbors say is, is, is that old blind Terry hide your purse cuz he gonna start begging look straight ahead act like you don't see him because He's on the side of the road acting like he's, he ain't blind no more, but he's still begging. Look forward. You know, you, you know, you know, you know how you do when you get to Scott and 610? And the people on the side of the road begging and, and you put your shades on? Or you start acting like you're looking for something in your glove compartment? I wish I had a crook in here like me. You, you start pretending that you don't see. And, and they, they say, that, that, that looked like old broke John. Another neighbor said, that, that, ain't, that ain't him, because the last time I saw him, he was blind. He was begging. He, he was nothing. He was nobody. It looked like him, but it ain't. No, 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 it can't be. And they said, how did you come about seeing He said, a man named Jesus told me to go wash and I came back seeing. The Pharisees called him in and said, we, we, don't, we don't believe this. Now it's obvious the man can see but, but they are in denial because A whole lot of folk don't want you seeing because when your eyes are open, you see them for who they really are. I I wish I had time to stay right there. So somebody said, go call his mom and dad. His mother and father come in the temple. And they say, Tell us, is this your boy? They say, Yes, he is. How is he seeing? And the parents who don't want to lose their position in church, because the mama leads the songs in the choir, and the daddy is chairman of trustees. And they don't wanna lose their vaulted position. And they don't want people talking about him behind their back and they don't wanna cause no ruckus. They don't wanna stick out like a sore thumb. So they say, ask him. He's of age, let him speak for himself. And they bring the boy in one more time. They say, come here. When you woke up this morning, you were blind now you're walking around here seeing tell us who gave you your sight he said a man named Jesus they said don't give him any praise don't brag on him don't don't shout about him don't glorify him glorify God this man is a sinner. And the blind man who would not go along with their scheme. Because you got to have enough nerve to stand by yourself. You've got to have the courage of your convictions that if nobody else wants to agree with you, agree with yourself give him any credit don't give him any glory give God the glory this man is a sinner and that blind man said I ain't disputing that I ain't tripping over that I'm not even gonna argue with you about that he might be a sinner he might be everything you say he is all I know is when I got up this morning I was blind but right now I can see have I got a witness here and when the Lord blesses your life don't let anybody smother your hallelujah don't let anybody tell you not to give God any praise. Don't you let that Negro sit next to you talking about it don't take all of that. It don't take all that for you. You speak for yourself. You don't know how many tears I've cried, you don't know how many burdens I've had to bear. You don't know how many storms I've been through. You don't know how heavy a load I've had to carry. And God brought me out. And you think I'm gonna let you make me be quiet? I need somebody here who used to be blind. I said, I need somebody here who used to be blind. But God, opened your eyes. I'm not talking about physical blindness now. You were blind in the darkness of sin. You were blind in your own hysteria. You were blind in your own depression. You were blind in your own sinful lostness. But God came along and opened your eyes. And now that your eyes are open, you can see things more clearly right now. It don't bother you anymore what what used to bother you doesn't concern you anymore because you got clear vision right now you can see what God is doing in your life you can see the doors God is opening for you you can see the ways God is making for you you can see the hope that God is bringing the bears in your life And now that you can see what God is up to, you don't even have to wait for Sunday to start giving God praise. You don't have to wait until you're at Lily Grove to start giving God praise. When you look around and see what the Lord has done, you start giving God your best hallelujah. If God has opened your eyes, now's a good time to tell him thank you if god has made a way in your life now's a good time to give him the glory if god has helped you to see some things that you couldn't see just a few years ago now would be a good opportunity to tell god thank you the bible says they put him out of their company and didn't want anything else to do with him. Nobody wanted to be with him. The disciples didn't want to be with him. His neighbors didn't want to be with him. The Pharisees didn't want to be with him. His parents didn't want to be with him. The crowds didn't want to be with him. All of them left him by himself. And the Bible says, read it when you get home, Jesus found him jesus came to where he was and told him wherever you go let somebody know what the lord has done and the bible says he went everywhere telling everybody i was blind but now i see i was lost But now I'm found. I need a witness this morning who don't mind testifying. It was nobody but Jesus. Nobody but Jesus. That's why I'm raising my hands. You wondering why I'm hollering so much. You wonder why I praise with such excitement. You wonder why I worship with such enthusiasm was nobody but Jesus. You can act like you don't know who I'm talking about. You can sit down and act like he didn't do anything for you. But for those of us who got a testimony, come on, help me call that name. He's a rock in a weary land. He's a shelter in a time of storm. He's a friend when you're friendless. Bread when you're hungry. Y'all know you he's water when you're thirsty he's adam's redeemer he's abel's vindicator he's abraham's sacrifice he's noah's ark he's moses bush on fire y'all know him don't you he's Joshua's battle axe. He's Gideon's fleece. He's Samson's power. He's David's music. He's Solomon's wisdom. He's distinctive in supernatural capacity. He's superlative in sovereign majesty. He's exclusive in spiritual beauty. He's radiant in eternal splendor. He's matchless in supernal deity. He's a god of gods. He's a prince of princes. He's a Pharisee of 10,000. He's a bridge over troubled water. He's a doctor in a sick room. He's a lawyer in a courtroom. He's money when you're broke. Joy when you're sad. Peace when you're confused. Is there anybody here who knows my Jesus? If you know him, to be a mother for you. If you know him, to be company for you if you know him to be a doctor for you come on help me give him glory help me tell god thank you i was blind but now i see amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me i once was lost but now i'm found i was blind but now i see you can help me say this next part can't you through many through many through many through many through many danger It was grace grace that brought me safe thus far. Did he bring you? Why don't you grab somebody? Tell him he brought me. He brought me. me doubt him because I know too much about it. I know what God can do I know what God can do I know what God, can do. I know what God can do. I've seen the lightning flashing I've heard the thunder roll, I've I've felt sin's breakers dash trying to conquer my soul but I heard the voice of Jesus bid me still fight on he promised he did. He promised never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. My mother and father are gone, but Jesus is still there. I've got some friends who walked away but Jesus is still there. I've got some brothers who are in that grave but Jesus still